programming on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio is made possible through a generous donation from the Cozy Corner Institute of Science and Stuff, as well as a generous grant from the Welsh Jennings Corporation. Tonight's episode of The Late Night Fright is brought to you by the letter C, C for Cage Rage, as well as the number 69. Why 69? If you have to ask, you'll never know. And now, WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio is somewhat proud to present The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. Try to enjoy. And I don't know. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my cagey wonderland of a co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Feels like it's been a while, hasn't it, Faith? Yeah, it does. It has been a month for us since we have sat down in this studio to record. I know. It's good to be back. Yes, it is. And what better way to get back into the swing of things than by getting into the cage? That's right. Tonight we have a film featuring America's national treasure himself. You see what I did there? The one and only Nicholas Kim Coppola, better known as Nicholas Cage. Or Nick Cage. Or just The Cage. Faith, tell them what we're talking about tonight. I don't know if there are words, but I will try to find them. Nicolas Cage, in a silent role, battles evil, satanic, animatronic animals in 2021's Willy's Wonderland from director Kevin Lewis and writer G.O. Parsons. I believe this is the first time on the show we're going to have a movie that features both Pinball and Freebird. (laughs) This cast is rounded out by Emily Tosta, Beth Grant, Rick Wrights, and Chris Warner. Also making an appearance is a fictional energy drink called Punch, a fistful of caffeine for your kisser, and the film has been described as Pale Rider meets Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Which you know is appropriate since one of the producers, Grant Kramer, played Mike Tobacco in Killer Clowns. Talking about movies is fun, isn't it, Faith? It's especially fun to talk about Nicolas Cage movies. We're so glad all of you are here, and we welcome you to our little cozy corner of the world, be you a spook, specter, or evil, satanic, animatronic, murdering some bitch. Tonight, we will be scoring Willy's Wonderland in two categories, overall film and the cage factor. The cage factor is that undefinable thing that Nicolas Cage brings to both life and movies. In lieu of stars, we will be awarding the film Cans of Punch. There you go. Do you have what it takes to survive one night in Willy's Wonderland? We'll find out after the break. I am Dan. I am Faith. We'll see you on the other side. It's 12.01, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
Well, there just might be something to it. Ben Randall, commenting on Time Life's popular series, Mysteries of the Unknown. I've always been a little curious about unexplained phenomena. Because of personal experiences? What do you mean? Well, like, for example, can you sense when something's about to happen? Well, yeah, I mean, everyone's a little psychic, but... Uh, what about UFOs? I don't know. Lots of people swear they've seen them. Ever experienced deja vu? Sort of. Like, I went into this old 19th century farmhouse, and I... I just knew I'd been there before. In another life? <laughs> I'm not ready for that. <laughs> ready for this? Mystic places? Uh-huh. It's from Time Life. Talks about things like the Nazca mines. Were they runways for alien spaceships? And did those aliens interbreed with the ancient Peruvians? Did they? <laughs> Read the book. Read about the medieval warriors who appeared before Stephen Jenkins in 1936. Then he saw him again 38 years later. That true? <laughs> Read the book. Read about Aleister Crowley and his bride. They spent a honeymoon night in the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid. What happened? Read the book. Read about Cyrus Teeth's belief that people live in the center of the earth. Admiral Byrd looked into it. Know what he found? I know. Read the book. Read Mystic Places. It's yours free for 10 days. If you keep it, other volumes will follow one about every other month. You'll receive psychic powers, followed by psychic voyages and phantom encounters. Every volume written by experts. They give you all the information so you can decide for yourself. I've decided. I'm ready to order. The books? The books and the food. Waiter. To order your first book, Mystic Places, call 1-800-572-7900. Examine it for 10 days. Keep it in pages $12.99 plus shipping and handling. Other books will follow, one about every other month. Keep only the ones you want. Cancel any time. Call 1-800-572-7900. All the dialogue is either whispered or screamed. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Out of there, my eyes! Everything in the movie is on fire. Am I getting through to you, Alpha? I said, put the bunny back in the box. Out of there, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Calm down, Nick. Let's do our self-esteem exercises where we pay <laughs> each other compliments. <laughs> We're going to have a three-way with the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio of Faith. That was the music. It was the music. That is the official theme music for Nicolas Cage. And I, I want that as a ringtone. <laughs> we should we should get that into I, the store. I, I need that as a ringtone. The world needs it. My My biggest hope and dream for that music, you know how people go to these big award ceremonies and they play music when someone walks on like uh -huh. Harrison Ford shows up what are they going to play they're going to play Indiana Jones Matthew Perry shows up at something they're going to play the friends theme right mm -hmm. my my big hope and dream is that Nicolas Cage when he walks onto a stage that's going to be that's going to be his theme music yeah yeah <laughs> that was the theme music for the cage match faith and i did that all the way back in 2019 we pitted the films of Nicolas Cage against the films of Nicolas Cage, because you can't pit the films of Nicolas Cage against anything else no. but the films of Nicolas Cage, right? Right. <laughs> he is a force of nature. We, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We always end up talking a little bit about the Cage match when we, when we do Nicolas Cage films on the show. We did one recently. We did Mom and Dad. Both really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. and, and it comes up because if you haven't listened to those episodes, please do. They're in the back catalog. 
Uh, there's what eight of them, I think. I believe so. Yeah. It was a lot of. We had a lot of fun doing that. But uh, what we arrived at during that was we went into it with a sense of irony. I think a little bit of irony. A little bit, yeah. A little bit of irony, and we came out of it better people. <laughs> I know I came out of it with a much deeper appreciation of who he is. Yeah, me too. And the artist that he is. Yeah, and he's really become one of my favorite actors and somebody that I would really hope to meet someday. I feel like he's just one of those people you have to meet and just you have to sit down and have a conversation with. I don't know. Do you have a list of people that you would like to have dinner with? Not necessarily like a, you know, a specific list, but he he would be on it if I sat down and made a list. He would he's, be the top he's on mine sure. too, and I would not want to talk about films unless he wants to, yeah. acting, unless he wants to talk right. about that. I I, no, I don't I know. I feel he, like I have so many questions for him, but I wouldn't know them until that you know that moment. Infinitely, <laughs> infinitely interesting, infinitely interesting. We're gonna we're gonna talk about him tonight. Mm-hmm. It's always it's always fun to talk about Nicolas Cage, though, isn't it? It, it is. It, yeah. <laughs> Again, we'll we'll get into it. Um, so Willie's Wonderland, this is a newer film. If you have not seen it, we're going to do our best to keep it spoiler free, but I'm not being funny here. There's not a lot to this movie. Right. And it, so it's going to be hard to talk about it without some sense of spoilers. So maybe watch the movie. So get out, watch the movie and come back. <laughs> that's that's good advice. Faith. It's, it is what you think it is uh, in a lot of respects. So uh, we'll say this. There, there will be spoilers tonight. We're going to try our best not to, but it, I think it's, it's going to end up happening because yeah. of just the nature of the beast. Let's get right into it. Uh, new film, which is odd mm-hmm. for us. We don't usually do too many newer films mm-hmm. here on the show. But uh, what did you think of, of Willy's Wonderland? Should we, should we give a brief synopsis? I think so. Uh, we, we did in the intro. So this town, this little small kind of backwoods town, there's like a Chuck E. Cheese place called Willie's Wonderland, and it uh, was founded by Satanists, and they did all kinds of nefarious things in there. And it turns out that the animatronic animals, among them a uh, turtle, and uh, there's a, a weasel, and and a fairy, and uh, all kinds of just yeah. <laughs> just animals that you wouldn't want to meet, uh, woodland, furry, fun <laughs> friends. Uh, well, they have been, um, uh, what's the word, uh, imbibed with the spirits of mm-hmm. these evil Satanists who committed a suicide ritual there in the happy fun room. That's ironic. And uh, so now they are in these spirits and the townspeople have to feed these creatures literally so mm-hmm. that they don't rampage because they've been known to get out and feed on their own. So to keep them keep them there in Willie's Wonderland. They, they, they offer sacrifices to them and how they mm-hmm. do it is they will pop the tires of people coming through town and then they will offer them, you know, money. They'll fix their vehicle if they spend the night cleaning the place because it's deserted pretty much. And that's the long and short of it. No one survives Willie's Wonderland until this nameless character played by Nicolas Cage comes through. <laughs> so that's the long and short of it, isn't that's it? That's pretty much that's it. That's pretty much it. I would also like to add that I don't know if you caught this, but I laughed at this, that they used a Star Trek idea. They actually used the word Katra, which is what the Vulcans have in Star Trek. They used the word Katra ritual <laughs> to describe the process that uh, put the souls of the Satanist into the animatronic animals. And I just laughed. I was like, okay, they just used Star Trek to... 
reconcile this plot. And and I think the movie's all the better for it. So exactly. with that uh, business out of the way, Faith, what did you think of <laughs> Willie's Wonderland? I really, I really like this movie. It, I think I had texted you watching it as a young child. I did not like things that were dressed up as creatures and I did not like animatronics, especially my fifth birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. Did not care for that. So it was really fun to watch <laughs> these creatures, you know, come to life and what my biggest fear was as a child. I'm watching it on screen. So Faith, you were experiencing, so I enjoyed it. You were experiencing a catharsis yes. as you were watching this movie. Yes. Okay, we have to follow that thread of thought. Is it just anthropomorphic animals that scare you? No, it's just the. I, I mean, they don't scare me now. It was just the idea. Okay. As a small child, these people would be dressed up and they were big and they were just walking around. It was weird and creepy to me. <laughs> so, so Disney World would be a no go. Yeah, I mean, eh. Disney World is probably a no go <laughs> for a lot of other reasons today. <laughs> yes. That we may or may not get into, depending on what our lawyers <laughs> tell us. <laughs> or I should say, what their lawyers tell right. us. Yeah, it was just it's just so it was just something about being a small child and there's these you know giant people walking around and things you don't see every day. I don't know. It was weird. I I get it. I, I get know, it. A I giant get it. mouse. Or <laughs> I understand. I get it. I I went into this. There is a a critic. I cannot recall the name of the critic at the moment. Someone said these new Nicolas Cage movies. You don't so much review them as you do you give them the stamp of weirdness <laughs> and i'm going to give this one the stamp of weirdness yes. i was so intrigued by this Me i was too. intrigued by this before i even saw a trailer because we had Me heard too. about it a while mm-hmm. back that it, basically i think what we knew was nicholas cage was going to fight animatronic animals that was uh, that was all i needed to hear that was all i needed this <laughs> movie completely lived up to the hype i had built up in my own head mm-hmm. <laughs> over it i absolutely love this i i love this movie it is a very brisk 95 minutes mm-hmm. is what it clocks in at i believe mm-hmm. it um as out there as this plot is it completely makes sense i, w- I was gonna say that it feels like it i like that there's like this darkness behind it that's so weird but it fits so well in this movie. <laughs> and and I, I love movies like this. And I find that it, films like this uh, with, with a plot that's that's kind of out there where you go, OK. Um, but the setup for it is just rock solid. And that and that makes it all the more believable and, and, and fun and all right. this. The tone of this movie is impeccable. This, this hits the tone of comedy and horror mm-hmm. and with just a little bit of weirdness thrown in, too. But yeah. nothing, nothing too weird. And. I, I do believe that the uh, description of it being Pale Rider, which is a 1985 Clint Eastwood film, if you've never seen that, wonderful film. It's a ghost movie. We should do that on mm-hmm. the show. Might need to do that sooner <laughs> rather than later. Right. And uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, a favorite of ours here mm-hmm. on the show. I think that's very appropriate, and it definitely does feel like this. It feels like, to me, see if you follow me on this. It feels like a combination of a Western because he does feel like a Western hero. He mm-hmm. feels like, well, he is a man with no name. He feels like that guy, that Clint Eastwood type character who, who rides in the town and takes care of all the business and then rides off, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. So it feels like that. But in another respect, it feels like a video game because yes. I was catching the vibe and listen, I don't play, I, I played video games in the mid to late eighties, early nineties. <laughs> I haven't, once you got to the first person 
stuff. I was I was out. I was <laughs> not interested. I was I was thinking about girls and music. So, but um, but it does. It feels like a video game in that uh, he stops and powers up. You know, with his mm-hmm. with his little energy drink mm-hmm. and takes and then goes about his business. So uh, you feel the influence of, of video games. Oh, yeah. Now there is some conjecture. What is this? Five Nights at Freddy's. Is this something? There's a video game called Five Nights at Freddy's that. Uh, the, the plot of that somewhat, I believe, hinges on you're fighting these kind of characters. And I think there is some similarity in that basic nugget that I've read. But I don't know anything about Five Nights at Freddy's. I can't judge Mm-mm. that. But no one is saying that it's a direct copy of it. So I, I just want to throw that out there as part of the background on this. But uh, I feel that the 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 setup for this is just so wonderful. and oh, yeah. And then you get the film. And... At this point, we need to start talking about Nicolas Cage because this is a silent <laughs> performance from Nicolas Cage. And this is where the cage match stuff is going to really come into play. Now, one of the things that we discovered when we were doing the cage match that eight weeks or so of uh, and listen, if you've never done a deep dive, I'm not being funny. If you've never done a deep dive on his filmography, you really owe it to yourself you to really do a do. deep dive on his filmography. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a. There's an idea in popular culture, correct me if I'm wrong on this, it's, tell me if you see it too, a lot of people, younger people, uh, kind of ironically like Nicolas Cage, you know, like mm-hmm. the, he's kind of celebrated in this ironic way where he's kind of the butt of a lot of jokes, mm-hmm. like he's a, like he's, like he's a, a joke, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to some, some people in the know, mm-hmm. you know, too cool for school type people is that something that you you've kind of noticed oh yeah like it's it's oh yeah i like nicholas cage you know Mm -hmm. and they might not even really be able to distill down what nicholas cage is i don't think hollywood is able to distill down (laughs) what nicholas cage is and i think that's why he's not working in hollywood a lot anymore we're going to talk about that Mm -hmm. and faith's just lit up because she knows <laughs> she knows what's coming she knows where i'm going to go with this stick, <laughs> stick with going. us stick with us on this but when we were doing the cage match we discovered that in the dna of nicholas cage's acting style silent films are a huge and integral part of what he does and what what film was it was it vampire's kiss especially oh, the I one think so yeah I believe so. And the director of this film said that Vampire's Kiss is his favorite Nicolas Cage performance. Where's Vampire's Kiss on on your list of Cage? It's up there. It's it's up there for me it's too. It's up there. And it was his idea to do this silent. And I what did you think of the silent performance? You know, at first it was kind of like, okay, I'm curious to see where this is going to go because a, a lot of what makes up his performance to me is his reactions to things or the way he says things. I mean, come on, we have a whole category. Of we do. That, you know, but he's got that very unique staccato yeah. delivery um, that he, that it's very unique to yeah, him. You almost look forward to hearing it. And so, yeah, I was a little like, okay, let's, let's see how this goes. And actually I was totally fine with it. I didn't even need to hear him speak in it because of just how good his performance was in the movie. Like, yeah. I didn't even need to hear him talk. He is on record as saying that silent horror films are, are a favorite of his, uh, I believe. You can you can feel that, you know, yeah. influence on him. I believe this- The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is one of his favorite films. 
don't quote me on that. I, I remember reading that somewhere when we were doing research for the cage match. I remember seeing that he liked those. He likes German expressionism, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. But you can see it in, uh, you can see it in Vampire's Kiss because he's doing the Nosferatu thing right. there. But for me, the one where you can really, really see it is Raising Arizona, where he's playing a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. And that's the, so this is the interesting thing about him that I think gets glossed over or looked over, or I think a lot of times people don't want to see it. They, they just, people, uh, that old saying, people fear what they don't understand. Yes. I, sometimes they do. I think people laugh sometimes at, at things they don't understand when it comes to yeah. like art and things like this. And it's really easy to laugh at him. And as I said, now we always respected him when we did the the cage match and it was just for fun you know Mm -hmm. we wanted to get into the Nicolas Cage zone you know and I and and maybe we did go in a little ironic with it but I remember just two episodes in looking at you and going this guy's like on another level (laughs) like serious other level really is serious other level and um but the other thing that's in the the DNA of the Nicolas Cage performance uh outside of silent film acting is this embracing of like comic books and cartoons mm-hmm. and drawing from sources that aren't um what's, what's i'm looking you know like uh like like maybe curriculum from the royal shakespeare academy or or the act the actor studio or thing he's drawing from so not your i would say not your typical not your influences typical influences or something yeah box of <laughs> influence yeah and he's an avowed comic book fan. I know he loves animation and things like that. He loves genre movies. That's the other thing that you have to factor in with him. He loves like grindhouse cinema and he loves all of this stuff, this Kung Fu stuff, mm-hmm. Asian, Asian cinema. I know he's a fan of. So you got this guy who's got all these like unique things percolating and I'm going the long way around. I feel like Willie's Wonderland is really a complete encapsulation of like what and who he is as a performer. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I really, I really think this is some of his finest work. I think so too. It's really, it's really amazing to me that this guy can completely command the screen and, and he's silent for the mm-hmm. entire film. You hear a few grunts and groans every now and then, but it's amazing that he, he pulls this off and it's effortless. And I, I forgot that he wasn't talking in. I didn't, I didn't miss it. Me neither. I didn't miss it. Me neither. So, uh, I, I, it's amazing. (laughs) I I really, I really think it's great. Uh, what did you think of his performance outside of, uh, like what we just talked about with the silent aspect of it, but just the whole thing, the character is is so wonderful. I loved it. And you kind of, you kind of hit it earlier. He does feel like this, it does feel like a Western character in a way, the way he kind of comes in and, I don't know. He just kind of gets the job done and just goes on. I don't know. He just feels so. He doesn't feel defeated. Defeated at any point in this movie. I feel like he's in control. Just very in control, control the entire so time. Just like the actor playing him. Yeah. And I said that about him. I think every time that we talk about him, I bring this up that this dude. It's so easy to sit there and watch this and laugh at what he's doing sometimes because maybe you don't understand it or you, it's not in context of, of this career, you know, and his influences. But this dude is not out on a limb. This dude is in complete control the nope. entire time and he's in complete control here. Mm-hmm. 
that aspect to me is one of the best things about this movie is the fun, the, 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 the humor in this, like him, you know, he actually cleans the place. That's what's so funny. You know, let's talk about the right. place because when he walks into this joint, I could smell it. I could mm-hmm. smell what that place smelled like mm-hmm. the, the place, the wonderland Willie's wonderland is a character in the film itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, I was loving watching him clean this place. Me too. I was, and I know, and Faith is a, let me say this, Faith is a Monica Geller. If you if you watch Friends, you get the reference. Uh, Faith, you, you like to clean, don't you? I so was it. this like, was this another cathartic thing? For, so not only was he fighting evil animatronic murder and some I'm, bitch animals, but he was cleaning. I mean, in my head, I was thinking the before and after. I was, yeah, I was really, I was really pleased with the work. What's happening? He did some great work, didn't it? I was like, oh, it's so clean and sparkly now. There was there was so much like wonderful stuff, like like the the jokes, if if you want to call them that, but the humor in this movie, it was all through lines. It it was all long burns of gags, and not that they were gags, but they were just like repetitions. Like he would uh, kill one, he'd get all the oil on him like blood. He'd switch the he'd put on another Willie's Wonderland. I don't know why that was one of my favorite parts. That he would get dirty and feel like, okay, I need to go put on a new t-shirt right. with Willie's Wonderland on it. Like, right. I don't know why. That's- wonderful. Just wonderful. <laughs> and not sweating at all. Just just going for it. He'd go put the shirt on. He would invariably take that break every so... Like, he could be in the middle of fighting something. Like, no, I gotta go sit down and I gotta drink my punch and play pinball. Yeah, one of my favorite parts... I know exactly. Yeah, you know exactly what it is. His timer goes off. He pulls out a pocket knife, hands it to the girl, and you're like, okay, what's happening? He goes and plays pinball mm-hmm. and drinks his punch mm-hmm. and then leaves her. And, and, the, and the alarm goes off and he goes back. Like, He's really I into that pinball it. machine, isn't he? Right. He's I mean, really. I don't blame him. <laughs> He's really into that pinball machine. <laughs> but I mean, those little those little bits like mm-hmm. that, you know, just... Mm-hmm. just and and he never feels uh, put out, you know, Not or put upon. Out. Just like okay, it uh, it reminds me of the Warner Brothers cartoon with the sheepdog and uh, the coyote. You know the one I'm talking about, mm-hmm. where they clock in. Yeah. You know, morning Clyde, morning Bill. You know, and 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 like he's jumping at the sheep and the whistle blows and he has to stop because they go you know and eat lunch and they back at it. It feels like it's very cartoonish. Oh, it's yeah. very very cartoonish. It is, but I feel like. I almost feel like this represents him so closely. Like you talking about Cage, yeah, the, like the, the a, performer. Yeah, just, yeah. Like it, really, it really does. It doesn't feel like he's acting that much. You know, it's just it, it doesn't. He's just there it doesn't. in there. He just appears and it doesn't feels it, like he's, him. He's he's absolutely wonderful in this. And uh, I really, if you haven't seen this, please please do watch it. And I'm serious, do a deep dive on his filmography because there's something really magical happening and. If you're out there and you're listening to this and you're not a fan of his or you kind of, you know, the, snicker at him, yeah. you know, I probably sound really crazy right now singing the praises of this guy. And that's OK. That's OK. But what I'm going to ask you to do is keep an open mind mm-hmm. and go watch um, not even some of the bigger movies. Go watch Vampire's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Go watch. Uh, well, go watch Face Off. Uh, you know, that's oh, yeah. it's all there in Face Off. But there's so many films where he brings he never phones it in. It's never, it's never a bad performance. Even though the movie might be terrible, he's always going to be doing something interesting. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know that it's really easy to laugh at him going over the top in the wicker man, but even the over the top stuff in the wicker man, he realized that the movie was terrible and they, they needed something to hang 
something right, on exactly in that so even that was a choice you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's a really unique career and i i mean this i i've said this before on the show and i think you can go back and listen to the to the to the back episodes and, and you'll hear me say this i think he is probably one of the greatest actors to work in the film medium and has moved it forward uh, as much as like Marlon Brando did in the fifties. I mean that. I, I agree. Since, and I stand by that. And all of you out there that like you, Daniel Day Lewis and your Meryl Streep, you can keep that. You can keep that. I will take Nicolas Cage. Cause let me say this about Willie's Wonderland. This is a movie that he produced. He found this script himself. He found it on a website. Um, that's the story at least that he found it and bought it and said, I want to do this and made the decision to be silent. So Nicholas, Ca- I, didn't, I didn't actually know that. And that puts some more information to my head just now. Yeah. yeah. And hmm. Nicholas Cage had some problems with the IRS. Nicholas Cage had some money problems. Nicholas Cage was taking every gig he could get. There are some movies that are not great. He's doing what he needs to. And I think we've all been in that situation oh, before, but it's right around mom and dad. And then Mandy is the one for me that seals it where it's like, I'm done mm-hmm. here. Now we can start making art again. Mm-hmm. We can start really doing our thing mm-hmm. again. And, I, and for me, he's been on this real winning streak yeah. with these films, even like Primal, mm-hmm. you know, which we've done on the show, which was a direct-to-video action movie, which I thought he was, it was a wonderful 90s cage yeah. throwback. And he's wonderful in it. But... I feel like he's been on this real kind of winning streak with these movies. I find it more entertaining, enlightening, and it's more of a breath of fresh air for me to watch a bad Nicolas Cage movie than it is some of this stuff that's coming out today that's Agreed. like mainstream <laughs> stuff. Because we, we've done this before. I don't want to sound like we're crapping on movies. It's hard to make a movie. But does it feel like everything that's coming out is a lot of the same, same, same Absolutely. type stuff? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, it's very hard to, for me to grasp onto a movie these days and really just get hooked onto it. You know, I feel like everything I tend to love came out so long ago. Maybe not that long ago, but, you know, I just feel like these days it's so hard to to really feel like you're watching something that's just amazing. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and I hate to say that, you know, I I know, I I, I know. Um, I hate to say that too. And I'm thinking of movies that I've really latched onto recently and recently, like as in the past months or whatever, Mm -hmm. but also uh, that have come out Mm -hmm. in the past five, 10 years. And there's three of them that he's in Mm -hmm. mom and dad, Mm -hmm. Mandy and this. And, so he might not be at the top of the commercial heap anymore, and that's fine because now it's almost like he's untethered and he's able to get movies made and he can get movies made that he wants to get made. And I find them infinitely more interesting than a lot of the superhero crap that's coming out mm-hmm. today. And I find his take, the horror film, and Mom and Dad, the three films I just mentioned are horror films. Mm-hmm. Mom and Dad, Mandy, and this, and I find them infinitely more interesting than a lot of the horror films that are coming out today, which yep. I find a lot of those to be cookie cutter. Yeah. Not all of them, but a lot of them are, you know. And I feel like most of these movies today just have an agenda. When, you know, I just. Yes. And whether or not you agree with right, that right, agenda, right. 
doesn't matter. I don't like movies that come in with a political I agenda. I don't either. I don't feel, I don't like being lectured to. And that's a big reason, not getting too into it. It's a big reason why the ratings for the Academy Awards were so down mm-hmm. recently. And you know what? To that, I say good. Because good. I'm not getting, I'm not getting into politics, but come on. When you're watching movies and you, and, and you want to celebrate these people, you don't want to talk about politics. That's like the last thing you want to get into. You know what I'm saying? You want to escape from that. From all that stuff, it's so I don't want to, and I don't mind thematic material. I don't right. mind that. And and I read this quote by a critic who uh, is actually a, he's a conservative critic, and he talked about the films of Oliver Stone. He goes and he said, you know, he's like my politics and Oliver Stone's are so diametrically opposed, and that dude's my favorite filmmaker, and I love everything he does. So yeah, yeah, yeah you can you can you know separate right. that those things, and I just I do I feel like it's gotten to that point where it is very agenda driven mm-hmm. and the Cohen brothers have said that you can't tell stories when you're trying to push an agenda. Right. You can't check all the, you, you know, they give you those, the diversity boxes to check, you yeah. know, and, and you have to have this and this and this and this, you know, right. no, no, nah. I'm not saying those things are bad. What I'm saying is no, <laughs> like, you know, let yeah. artists tell stories. Exactly. Let art and let artists from all backgrounds tell stories. Exactly. You know, exactly. stories, about the human struggle are going to be universal. Mm-hmm. It does not matter where the stories come from. I want to hear, I like, do you like hearing stories? I like, yes. I like stories. I love stories. I like telling stories. I like hearing yes. stories. I like watching stories. And that's part of our makeup, our mm-hmm. genetic makeup, you know, yep. and uh, tell stories. Let people, let people tell stories. The point this, this movie, I love this movie. This is a great story. Yep. This is a great story. So, um, we sh- we should talk a little bit about the rest of the cast, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what do, what do you think about the rest of the cast? Because uh, I feel like it it it, it kind of almost and not in the satirical way that Scream does, but it kind of does play with some of the horror movie tropes a little bit. You yeah. know, with the with the teenagers. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the teenagers led by Emily Tosta? What do you think of Emily? I like her. I did. I, did. I, I, like I thought her. she was a wonderful, uh, uh, very strong mm-hmm. character. I like the story with that character. Mm-hmm. I like her performance. She had the. Uh, for me, the right mix of uh, frailty and right. and strength. Yes. Uh, you know, you know who that reminds me of? Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. There you go. Or possibly Sigourney Weaver, but a little bit more yeah. Jamie because it's this yeah. more of a straight yeah. straight horror film. I really really enjoyed her. I liked her whole crew. Thank uh, you. I didn't have any problems. I uh, Tex Mikado was a was a wonderful character. <laughs> the sheriff played by Beth Grant was was really wonderful, and uh, I, I thought the whole cast was was right on. Mm-hmm. Although it is at the end of the day, it's Nicholas Cage's. Oh yeah, it's Nicholas <laughs> Cage's show. So let's talk about the setup here. Um, I, I feel that I feel that this is something that needs to be talked about. I think any any time you get to talk about this, you should take the opportunity to talk about this. It's not something fun to talk about. <laughs> If you've listened, face laughing because she knows what's coming. If you've listened to the show, we we have gone there before, and um, uh, the numbers haven't gone down, so people aren't <laughs> leaving because of 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 this talk. But um, if you are awake to what is going on in the world right now, and it has never to me been more prevalent in our world than it is right now, that. Things just don't feel right, Mm-mm. do they? No, they don't. It feels like clown world, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It, it feels like clown world, and more and more people seem to be waking up to the fact that it is clown world. Mm-hmm. 
from both sides of the political aisle. It's like killer clowns from outer space in real life. It really, it really, really is. More terrifying. So I'm going to throw this out. I've, if you've listened to the show before, you've heard it. Um, there, there seems to be a satanic pedophile cult. There doesn't seem to be. There is. There is. <laughs> There's a satanic pedophile cult that rules the world. We know people there see it, it. Some people don't want to see Some it. Some people don't want to see it. Some people deny it. We've said it. We've said it here before. This, and again, we we don't like talking. Well, we don't like talking about things that we know that they do. Right. But but it is out there. And and all you gotta do is open your eyes a little bit, do a little bit of research. Pizza Gate. Just go ahead, look it up. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Pizza Gate. So this movie hinges on, and I feel like this is coding to us in a good way. In a good way. That okay, so the people in this town running this town are in league with the satanic cult, right? Mm-hmm. And we are but cattle to them, right? We are f- we're we're food, cattle. Mm-hmm. We're food. That to me is art imitating life. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. It has uh, and that to me has a lot of ramifications. I think this movie is saying a lot more than oh, yeah. than is just presented. It's not just this funny ha ha, let's watch Nicolas Cage beat the hell out of satanic murder and some bitch and animatronic animals. And when you said well ago that he specifically picked out this movie to do, it really dawned on me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So let me so we're talking about that because I want I want all of you out there to be aware of that. Because you need to be aware of that because there is an awakening happening right now. Mm-hmm. All over the world people a lot of people are waking up to it. They are. And it's a hard reality. And I don't, I'm sorry if I'm the one that's telling you, <laughs> you know, but listen, we're all here for you. <laughs> we, we really are. You're welcome, though, at the end of the day. Right. I feel like you need to know. Right. Hollywood is a cesspool. Mm-hmm. Hollywood is a cesspool. Hollywood, um, there are some real maggots running that joint. Mm-hmm. Maggots. Maggots. And uh, not everybody. There, there are some wonderful people in Hollywood that are not part of this. There are, but let's take a step back and look at all the people who've left Hollywood in the last year. Right. Let's just say something. Right. Um, Faith and I have talked about this, and this was an idea we had because we're aware of of this. And, and once you see this, you can't unsee you it. Cannot. You can't unsee it. So what happened with Nicolas Cage? Nicolas Cage was at the top of the game, right? Nicolas Cage had to go away. Mm-hmm. For a little while. Nicolas Cage had tax problems, right? Nicolas Cage had tax problems. Mm-hmm. And now Nicolas Cage is out of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage is making these movies. I saw it with Mom and Dad. Mm-hmm. I saw it with Mandy. Uh, I see it here. It's in this movie he did called Pay the Ghost, in which there's uh, they talk about child trafficking and abduction and all these things that this evil cabal does. And you start looking at his filmography, especially since he, he quote unquote, left. Uh-huh. And I feel like Nicolas Cage, because there's a touch of Gnosticism to his work. If you, if you know anything about uh-huh. Gnosticism, we talked about it on the show with the Wes Craven mm-hmm. episode, uh, uh, The People Underneath the Stairs. And yes. one of our favorite sayings among ourselves is, what did Wes know and when did Wes know it? Because mm-hmm. that movie 
the people under the stairs is about this. It's mm-hmm. about this 1% of people keeping their foot on. And, and in that film, especially you see it literally, you know, visually on mm-hmm. screen, uh, they're, they're, they're right there hoarding gold and they've got their foot on people in the ghetto and it doesn't matter what color you are. You're, you're not one of them. Right. So therefore got to yep. get you out of there. Right. Yep. Right. There's haves and have nots and the haves want to make sure that the have nots have none. That's right. it. Uh, but Nicholas Cage, that idea of, of all these these big things seems to be running through his filmography, especially this like second half cage. I and I read something about these actors. So they say that they're either you're either part of the system or you're too vile to be worried about. Or are you too pure to be bought off? There are people in the system who are not part of what we're talking about. There's a quote, especially by Mel Gibson, where he talks about what they're doing. I don't care what you think about Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, there's there's the ring of truth mm-hmm. to it. Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you're buddies with Mel Gibson <laughs> or outside of the system, like Bruce Willis mm-hmm. uh, is not, it, you notice these people are just not making movies there. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing their best to just, I mean, Sylvester Stallone left. Sylvester <laughs> Stallone left. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to say is I really, and, and if you think I'm crazy, that's fine. I, I don't care. I really don't care. This yeah, stuff is real. It's, it's out there. I think Nicolas Cage is fighting the good fight. I think Nicolas Cage is trying to tell us what's going on mm-hmm. in his own in his own way. And you notice he's never on talk shows. Mm-mm. He's never, he goes to like fan stuff, but he doesn't do like the big Hollywood yeah. stuff anymore. Why is that? And, and that's the question I started asking myself. Why is that? Because he wants no part of it. He wants no part of <laughs> I it. Mean, I really think the dude doesn't, doesn't want any part of it. And if you Who look at would? the people that he's been starring with recently, it's newcomers or it's mm-hmm. people that you're, you're kind of like, you're, you're kind of sure about, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but, Nicholas Cage is not a baby eater. He's not Mm-mm. he's not one of these evil, vile, satanic pieces of shit. No, he's not. Not at all. Mm-mm. I think he's uh I think he's too gentle of a guy to to be any part of that. Mm-hmm. So with that said, I know that's I know that's always fun stuff to talk about. Um this movie though, I think does have a lot more to say than just oh, than just what is on the surface with the uh it's not just a fun setup with the satanic uh, elite it, it is it's the elite of that of that little town because if you think this thing is going on just in los angeles and you are no it's going on there's probably somebody in your neighborhood <laughs> there really is yeah faith had one yes it did <laughs> Faith sure did yeah so anyway uh just food for thought uh nicholas cage is an artist of the highest caliber and i do believe in my heart of hearts nicholas cage is fighting the good fight I, I really it. do. Check out some of that stuff we're talking about. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, really, once you see it, you cannot unsee it. You really can't. Symbol, it's the symbolism. It, symbolism is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mandy, Mandy is a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the perversion uh, of these people and what they do. Uh, Mandy's about it. Like I said, mom and dad. It's in mom and dad. Mm-hmm. It, it, there, there are things. There are things happening to you right now that you have no say in that should not be happening to you, mm-hmm. any of us, mm-hmm. any of us. And I'm going to close with this thought. If you think this is a left or a right thing, 
If you think this is a Republican or a Democrat thing, it's <laughs> not. It's not. This is, this is, are you human or are you not? Mm-hmm. Which side do you stand on? Mm-hmm. Because I firmly believe that we are capable of a world that is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't think we're warlike. I don't think this thing they call human nature is ingrained in us. I think this is something that is brainwashed into us. Exactly. I think people want to get along and be cool and hang out and hear. And as, as we just said, we want to hear stories. We want to hear. I want to hear the story from the guy that's over in the Middle East. I want to hear his story. Yep. I do because his story tells me about my story mm-hmm. and helps me, yep. you know, you know, with, with, with my journey mm-hmm. and things like that. And I want to hear about the girl in New Zealand. I want to hear all of the, I want to hear your story. No, no. And I know all of you out there, if you're listening to this, you love movies, you love stories too. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we're capable of a better story than we're being told right now and that we're living right now. And I really believe that if we can get, these people to come clean and get the hell out of our way that the world will be full of caring and sharing and giving and it'll be Sesame Street. It will because I think that we really are like that and we want to be like that. And when Mm -hmm. we get past the conditioning, like these kids in Willy's Wonderland want to get this thing out of there so they can just live, right? Right. And look at them. They're all cool with each other. Yeah. Absolutely. So there it is, the soapbox for the evening. <laughs> there it is. It, it had to be said. It, it needs to, it, it, it does it, need to be said. And I do feel like our little program here, we're not a huge program. We're, we're being listened to in a lot of countries. And sometimes we pop on the charts here in America and sometimes we're, 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 we're in and out. You know, sometimes we're in the top 250, sometimes we're not. But if we made the decision, if we can use this show at times, to tell you about these things mm-hmm. and to get you to go look for these things. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look hard and do your research on these things in between us reviewing movies that you might want to see, hoping to get you to look deeper at some movies and, and, and giving you a few laughs along the way sometimes. But if we can get you to start doing these things, that that's our, yeah, that's if, our if mission. We can here. put the bug in your ear pretty much and you can go on your own path. Of- that's our mission waking up that's 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 our mission here watch that you'll see it in this movie Mm -hmm. you'll see it in this movie you'll see it in his filmography too and that's in this later cage filmography with all that said do a deep dive on nicholas cage (laughs) it's it's really wonderful and uh let's bring it back around highest recommendation on this absolutely really a fun 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 time are we going to give our scores now or should we we'll do wait? it? We'll do it at the end. Sounds good. We'll do it at the end. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a, a very short break. This is a news break. So mm-hmm. make sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news. Not fit to print. I am Dan. <laughs> and I am fake. And we'll see you on the other side. does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know. 
As an intelligent consumer, I wanted to compare Atari Asteroids with other companies' asteroids. But other companies don't make asteroids. I wanted to compare Atari Missile Command with other companies' missile commands. But other companies don't make that either. Finally, I wanted to compare the new Atari Warlords. Unfortunately, other companies don't make it. When it comes to the video games the world wants most, nobody compares to Atari. ACLU has filed a legal motion on behalf of the letter Y against the vowels A, E, I, O, and U. Y says it's tired of being a sometimes vowel and is ready to be an all-the-time vowel, but is being discriminated against by what media pundits are calling the legacy vowels. We here at the Late Night Frights say, why not? The most recent telecast of the Academy Awards drew a record-low viewer turnout. The Oscars... Who cares? Apparently no one. In Sesame Street news, who can you count on? Apparently not Count Von Count. The Count had offered to help Sesame Street residents Bert and Ernie move a sofa, but when moving day arrived, he was nowhere to be found. In a statement to the late night fright, Bert said, quote, count this, unquote, as he extended his middle finger. Sounds like a not so sunny day on Sesame Street. Finally, Utilizing a $5 billion grant from the United States government, scientists at the Cozy Corner Institute of Science and Stuff have indeed determined how many apples grow on apple trees. Their answer? All of them. There's your tax dollars at work, people. And that is the news. Stay tuned for our final scores and a preview of next week's show. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. All right, Faith, let's get the final scores out there. How did you score the overall film? How many cans of punch did you give it? Three and a half cans of punch. I went three and a half as well. I went three and a half because uh, this might sound silly. I wanted more. I wanted, I just wanted more movie. That's why I gave it three and a half, too. <laughs> and it's a wonderful, brisk watch. I just wanted more yeah, movie. Yeah, it went by so fast, I didn't want it to end. So, yeah, three and a half for me, too. How about the cage factor, that undefinable thing that Nicolas Cage brings to life in movies? I went four cans of I went, punch. I went four cans of punch as well, and I think this ranks up there with his best work. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I really do. I do, too. It's amazing. It's been 25 years now since... Face off. Wow. I heard rumors there was going to be another one. There, there doesn't need to be. There does not need to be one. There doesn't need to be. You know apparently why that... They, apparently they were going to be in it. They had agreed to be in it. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, it's going to be heard, I had heard they were going to reboot. They oh, were I heard do a that remake. They were, there were talks that the two of them wanted to, to do it again. Oh, well, hell yeah. I'm, I'm all I'm about that. that yeah, but. I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah, I heard they were going to uh, do a, a different 
take on. No, like, we don't want that. The reason Face Off works is because of Cage. Exactly. Cage is the reason that movie works. And I Travolta, not taking anything away from Travolta, it's the two of them. I, but just, I don't see anybody else in that movie. <laughs> Cage gave such a, a performance that set that whole film oh, up. Yeah. You know, that it, he's so wonderful in both roles, both of those guys. But Cage really, really, really kills it. That was our winner of the Cage match, was it? Yeah. Face-off? Yeah. yeah. His mean, performance is both Caster Troy and Sean Archer. <laughs> wonderful he's a wonderful dude he seems like he's a wonderful dude Mm -hmm. i i I know i know he gets branded and eccentric but i i i don't see i think he's a wonderful introverted uh really warm yeah empathic guy i think when you get to know him he he seems like that to me i could be wrong i mean the dude did eat a cockroach on film so i I don't know (laughs) he's great i love him hey they might be they might be tasty you never know well they're full of protein so i hear that's what i (laughs) So, all right, Willie's Wonderland, check it out. It is available to rent on all the platforms. It's it's out there now. So, well, Faith and I have decided that next week is going to be a double feature. And not only is it going to be a double feature, it's going to be a double feature from one of the all-time greats, one of the all-time great directors, one of the all-time great stars, Mr. Clint Eastwood. We have a, a double ghost movie Ooh. week coming up in Westerns. Have we done a Western on this show? I don't think we've hit that genre, have we? I don't believe we? that we have. So from 1971, I believe, we have the Clint Eastwood-directed High Plains Drifter. That's right. It's a it's kind of a spooky ghost movie. And then from 1985, we have Pale Rider, also directed by Clint Eastwood. Also kind of a spooky little ghost movie. Um I'm a fan of both of these movies, so this is going to be a lot of fun. It's always fun to talk about Clint. We've yeah. done a few of his movies. We've two, done Dirty two Harry. Two of my favorite movies of all time are Clint Eastwood movies, so I'm very excited. We did uh, uh, Play, Play Misty, Misty for me, which is one of my favorite and movies. And <laughs> Dirty Harry on yeah. on the show, and we've gotten a lot of nice feedback on the Play Misty for me episode, uh, which is one of my favorite films that we've done. On the show. Oh, it's become one of my favorite movies yeah, of it's all a, time. It's a, it's a really great, yeah. great thriller. So good. Really great thriller. Before we close up shop, I, I, we said a lot of things tonight about Willie's Wonderland. We said a lot of things about Nicolas Cage. I would like to offer one other look, if I may. Mm-hmm. Another thought. Is it possible? However unlikely. But is it possible? That Willie's Wonderland is actually a documentary, and they just a camera crew followed Nicolas Cage around. <laughs> it's possible. Like, is this just Wednesday for Nicolas Cage? Maybe this is what happened to him when he disappeared for a little bit. With is his this tax just problems. Wednesday for him? Yeah. <laughs> I do know that he is filming a movie that's, I think it's done. It's coming out. The unbearable weight of of extraordinary talent, where he's playing himself and he gets. <laughs> caught up in an international plot or so i'm i I, he's he's really been on a hot streak it's it's really been wonderful Mm -hmm. recently watching him so i hope it continues continues. (laughs) check out willie's wonderland it's got a three it got a three seven from the late night fright so you know it's pretty good yes and uh next week uh high plains drifter and pale rider if you've not seen these movies you're in for a treat both are just absolutely wonderful they are they are Benchmarks, high water marks in Clint Eastwood's filmography. I'm excited. Faith, it feels like it's that time, doesn't it? It does. It's always unfortunate, but it it comes whether we want it to. That's what she said. There it is. (laughs) 
All right, let's see. If we snap our fingers, will the magic happen? Will the music start on three? Here we go. One, two, three. As always, it's magic, yep. not editing. Not at all. Magic, not editing. <laughs> Before we go, I would like to thank all of you for letting us drone on a little in your ears. If you'd like to drone back at us, you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, take your vitamins. And one last thing, Nicolas Cage, you have an open invite to come on this show <laughs> yes, you anytime do. you want to. We might write you a song. Possible. It's very possible. <laughs> it's not going to get any better than that cage match theme. <laughs> all right. Much love to all of you out there. In the words of Don Cornelius from Soul Train, be good to yourself and to your neighbor. Take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash. We'll see you next time. <laughs>